0: welcome to the birth prep podcast hey guys welcome to the birth prep podcast i have wanted to start a podcast for so long this feels so surreal i'm so glad you're here with me let me introduce myself. My name is Taylor Minaberry I'm a birth prep coach and I help mamas-to-be prepare their mind, their body, and their team to best support them and the goals that they've set for their birth. And I love it. It's the best thing ever. And I'm excited to expand my platform into the podcasting world where I can talk to you guys for more than a minute I'm on TikTok a lot, and that's kind of the only way I talk to you guys besides in your inbox. So I thought this would be a really fun way to connect with you on a more intimate level, get some more information to you, super important information that you guys need to plan and prepare for your dream birth. Today, I wanted to talk to you guys about the fact that your dream birth is actually possible. I never knew that. I never knew that. And let me tell you the story. I'm going to go all the way back to before I was a mother. I believed... My core belief of birth was that he was either going to be really traumatic, really painful, really difficult, really hard, all the things, or you were going to be one of those super lucky people who had that dream magical experience. And that was determined by who you were and how your body worked in my brain. And I had a lot of evidence for that, right? Society tells us that birth is supposed to be painful and terrible and traumatic and all the things, right? It's portrayed like that in social media. It's portrayed like that in TV and movies, all the things. And nine times out of 10, when you talk to somebody who has had a baby, they have had that experience as well. So when I became pregnant for the first time, my belief was that it was probably going to suck. And if it did suck, it was going to suck every single time. And of course, I had my hopes that I would be one of the lucky few, God's favorites, you know, that had like this amazing birth experience. And I wanted that because I wanted a lot of kids. So I knew that if it was going to suck every time, that that was going to be really discouraging to me, obviously. When we were preparing to welcome our first baby, I prepared myself as much as I was told to prepare myself. I had the pregnancy apps, like four of them, that I read every single day religiously. I googled literally everything, like crazy amount of googling. I went to the extra birth prep class at the hospital, I went to every single prenatal appointment, asked all the questions that I had throughout my entire pregnancy. When I tell you that calling myself underprepared for that birth would be an understatement, I'm not joking. Hindsight's twenty twenty. obviously. I truly felt as prepared as I possibly could be, but I was so underprepared and it definitely showed in the delivery room. I had a membrane sweep at my 40-week appointment, which at the time I did not know was a method of induction. I knew they told me it would try to help get things going, but I did not know the cascade of interventions that could follow. I just didn't know that at that point. So I opted for the membrane sweep, And we did that. I went home. I was crampy. I went to work the next morning, went home because my cramps were a little intolerable. And then, you know, relaxed the rest of the day, took a bath, went to bed, and I woke up with contractions. They were regular enough for me to time them. I went for walks around the neighborhood. I used my yoga ball a lot. And we labored at home from around nine o'clock in the morning to almost five o'clock in the evening. And we went to the hospital at that point when my contractions were five minutes apart, one minute long for an hour. Which, if you're not familiar, that is the five one one rule, and that is typically when they tell you to go to the hospital. Once we got to the hospital, I was um, in the active stage of labor, and it was getting really difficult for me. I didn't have like a written birth plan. I never have. That's not required of you. But I had some goals in mind. It wasn't like this big fleshed out plan in my head, but I had some goals. I wanted a vaginal birth and I wanted to not get an epidural so those were my goals I ended up having pitocin I ended up needing IV pain medication Um, I was a mess quite frankly just a complete mess I learned that day that blinding pain is not just like this fun cute expression it's like real life I was in so much pain that it was like I was looking through straws, like my vision was gone. If my husband wasn't touching me, it was like he didn't exist. There was a point, and guys, I left my house at five o'clock at night, like it was getting dark by the time I was checked in and into a room, like it was probably already dark and there's a whole wall of windows and at like midnight, I asked, when did it get dark? Like that's how out of it that I was and I was in the room with everybody and I just felt It felt like time was moving super slow and super fast. And it was just a traumatic, painful, difficult, terrible experience. And I was so heartbroken because I thought in that moment that birth was going to be like this for me forever. Because of the fact that I had technically accomplished my only two goals for myself of a vaginal, no epidural birth scenario, society told me that I did a really good job. And I basically was told that that was as good as it gets, right? You left the delivery room, you had a healthy baby, you left without stitches in your stomach, and you accomplished your plan. Heck yeah, top notch. I was so traumatized from that experience, but I also felt like my trauma wasn't valid because again, I had accomplished my goals. So I was holding this trauma that I didn't feel qualified to hold And I held it so tight all the way to my second birth. When I was preparing to welcome my second, I was far more terrified than the first time. The fear of the unknown was nowhere near the fear of the exact same scenario happening again. Long story short, because I will talk about all of this at a later date, but I opted for a 39 week induction with him. Based on the fact that my provider told me my baby was well over eight pounds at my 36 week scan. And if I went all the way to my due date that he would be well over 10 pounds. So it would just be in our best interest. And that was fine. I kind of felt at ease for having a scheduled date. There wasn't any, like, guesswork with it. I knew that I was going to be in the care of the hospital the entire time. And I kind of felt a lot more at ease, actually. I went and got checked in early in the morning, like 6 a.m. or something like that. And baby was born around, like, 4.30 in the afternoon. It was altogether a much better experience the second time. So I was hoping to get the chance to induce again when I was pregnant with my third. With my third baby, I was actually misdiagnosed with gestational diabetes. I will save the story behind that misdiagnosis for another day because I could go off on that. (laughs) They never acknowledged that I was misdiagnosed, even though I had a lot of evidence for that. So when it came time to plan for the birth of my baby, they immediately said, Hey, we're going to schedule you a C section for 39 weeks. Let's set a date. Absolutely freaking not. I told them no immediately. I'm like, That's not even an option. Why would I opt for a C section? And the answer was, You have gestational diabetes. Your baby will be big too big to birth vaginally having had gone through that the last time they told me my baby was going to be too big to birth all the things i needed to be induced by the way i don't know if i even said it yet he was my smallest baby to date baby number two the one they told me would be well over 10 pounds he was eight pounds even So I wasn't scared of my body birthing a baby too big, especially with the fact that I was misdiagnosed and their point was invalid. So I kindly declined the C-section and scheduled a 39-week induction again because I actually enjoyed my last experience with that much better than I did the first time going in quote-unquote naturally. I got checked in around six in the morning again, same kind of deal. And I remember the nurse who checked me in, one of the sweetest nurses that I had come in contact with during my three hospital births. There were two nurses that really stood out to me and she was one of them. She was super sweet. She was getting me all checked in and she was leaving. Her shift ended at seven. So she was going to go and then she said that she was going to go home and take a nap. And then she was coming back later for the night shift again. And that she would see me around 7 that evening. But she knew that I would have that baby before she woke up from her nap. And she told me she would wake up at noon. And I was like, there's no way. My last baby, the same kind of deal. It was 4.30 in the evening. Like, there's no way I'm having this baby before noon. Girlfriend was right, though. And baby came at, like, 11.30 in the morning. And I really thought that that was, like, the very best possible situation that I could have been in in the delivery room. The very best outcome. A five hour birth from beginning to end and baby's good, everybody's good, all the things. When my third baby was around two months old is around the time that I started Taylor's Treasures or what it is today. Taylor's Treasures stems back from high school but we can talk about that later. (laughs) I had a website, I had had it for a couple years um, but I started really doing it with the goal in mind that it would be a business one day. So it had a goal. I was basically talking to the first time mama. I talked all about pregnancy, birth, newborns, postpartum, all that kind of stuff. And there was a point in time where I would have totally recommended an elective induction, and that makes me want to scream. I'm so sorry if I told you to do that once upon a time. I take it back, I take it back. I don't think inductions are innately bad, so don't go out there twisting my words. But there was a time in my life where I thought that was the very best way to give birth solely based off of my experience and my limited education. I wasn't going to continue doing that business based off of my experience and my little bit of education. So while I was in that space, obviously I continued educating myself. And being in the birth education space is a lot of fun. I have really truly enjoyed it. But when I started digging around and learning all the things, I was freaking shocked. Guess what, those ladies, who I believed were those chosen few who got to experience that magical dream birth experience that I hated because of my traumatic births secretly deep down. (laughs) Guess what? They weren't lucky. They were working their butts off to create that result for themselves, which made me really excited because I now had a little bit of evidence that that could be my experience. It wasn't that I wasn't willing to put in the work for that experience. I literally never knew that that experience was a possibility for me. I never knew that that could possibly ever be in the cards for me. So when I was pregnant with my fourth baby, I made it my personal mission to get those results for myself. And I started planning my dream birth and I really started to daydream and say, what would my actual dream birth experience look like? If I could have exactly everything that I wanted, what would it look like? I spent a lot of time in that energy, just daydreaming about like, what if everything went according to my picture perfect plan? Like, what if? And of course that ended up turning into, well, how, how do I make this happen? Like, what if it can happen? What can I do to set myself up for that kind of success? And really quickly, in a short little tiny nutshell, I'll tell you what kind of birth I was preparing for my fourth baby. I was planning on an all natural, needle-free, intervention-free, home birth experience. I wanted a water birth. I wanted to birth on my hands and my knees under the water. I wanted my waters to not break until I was ready to push. I wanted zero coached pushing. I wanted no cervical checks. I wanted very limited monitoring, all, you know, all the things, the typical home birth experience, I guess. Oh, and I didn't want a tear, which given my experience with tears in the past, I was like, there's no way. (laughs) but that's what I wanted. I added it to the list because why not? I was daydreaming. After I created that plan, I was like, dang, I really want this plan. I really want this for myself. So I immediately started brainstorming. How was I going to make this happen? How can I best prepare myself for this specific plan so that I set myself up for my very best chance of success? And I asked myself that for months. (laughs) I kept finding things that I could do and I kept getting better at it. I kept educating myself and I kept learning. We'll definitely be chatting more about birth preparation, But long story short, yet again, um, I prepared my mind, my body, and my birth team for my specific plan. And they were all on the same page with me. My body was, my mind was, and everybody was ready to show up to best support me that day. And that's what set me up for my success. And when I was in that moment, having just pulled off my dream birth experience down to the littlest of details... That felt really freaking good. It was absolutely 1,000% worth all of the effort, all of the education, all of the preparing. It was beyond worth it, honestly. One of my most favorite parts was standing up in the tub, Having just birthed my baby and my placenta, my husband's walking around with my baby in his arms, our baby, obviously, and a bowl with a placenta hanging out in it, just walking around our home. And I just got to stand up and walk straight to my bed, my own bed. That was the, that was, that was the best. I can't even explain. (laughs) I hated. I hated having to stay in the hospital after having babies. I absolutely loathed it. I thought it was the worst thing ever. So getting to just go lay in my own bed and use my own toilet and have my own things was just so incredibly amazing. I just can't even explain it. (laughs) I can tell you that whole story one day soon of my home birth. I honestly love that story. I love everything about it. The lead up to my birth, the way my body did its thing, it was amazing when my body actually had that space to do what it was designed and built to do. Blew my freaking mind. Even my recovery was like top notch compared to the other kids. I didn't tear. I obviously it was super at peace. There was no like crazy emotions. There was no, I got to get home. There was none of that. It wasn't this crazy stressful time those first few days. And I think that really set me up for a beautiful postpartum experience. As far as like my moods and physical health went, <laughs> the baby was still a lot of work. Okay. That doesn't kind of, that doesn't change with the home birth. Just, just in case anyone was wondering <laughs> all that to say, Your dream birth is possible. If it's available to me, it's available to you, and your dream birth might not look anything like mine. There's no right way to birth. It's whatever's right for you in your specific situation. There are some things that I definitely recommend doing before making decisions for yourself and your baby. There are three things that I tell all my birth prep clients to inform themselves on before making decisions. I want you to inform yourself on how the female body actually works to birth babies, the uterus, the pelvis, how contractions work, all the things. How does your body actually work to birth a human being? Number two, I want you to inform yourself on all of the different options that are available to you for each decision that you will be making for yourself and your baby in the delivery room or a birth center or your home, etc. I always say delivery room, but you know. The, the room you're delivering in. <laughs> your options will obviously depend on your certain situation, your birthplace, your insurance, what you're willing to pay for out of pocket, etc. Once you've informed yourself on all the different options available to you, you can then weigh the risks versus the benefits and apply them to your certain situation and make a really good informed decision from there. And lastly, I would love for you to inform yourself on your provider's standard of care. My OB with my first birth had a totally different standard of care than my midwife with my fourth birth. For instance, at the hospital, I was continuously monitored. I had an IV in my arm. I had a blood pressure cuff around my other arm. I had something on my finger detecting my pulse. I had something monitoring contractions, something monitoring baby's heart rate. But my midwife didn't do any of those things. She checked on baby's heart rate every once in a while and checked my blood pressure a couple times and that was her standard of care and something that I felt really aligned with for my fourth birth. In a perfect world, you would obviously inform yourself on these things in your early pregnancy or even beforehand so that you can choose a provider based off of the standard of care that you would expect and want for your birth. But I know that's not the case for everybody. And while it's never too late to switch or fire providers, I know that's not always something people want to do so late in the game or it's not always possible financially, which can be really frustrating, especially if you are unhappy with the care that you're receiving. But having a conversation with your provider or even potential provider about their standard of care is very important. Choosing your provider is one of the most important decisions that you have to make surrounding your birth. The doctors I had with my first three pregnancies would not be a good fit For the experience that I was planning for my fourth pregnancy. My expectation of care did not line up with their standard of care, and it definitely didn't line up enough to make it work. It would have been a lot of fighting, a lot of obstacles to face, etc. So inform yourself on how the female body works to birth babies. Inform yourself on all of the different options available to you for each and every decision that you get to make surrounding your birth, and educate yourself, probably with your provider, on their standard of care don't wait to do this stuff. The time is now, especially if you are nearing the end of your pregnancy. You need to educate yourself on these things so that you can best plan and prepare for the birth of your dreams, whatever that looks like for you. I'm here to help you in any way that I can. I absolutely adore being a birth prep coach, and I was called to do this work. I'm here on a mission. I'm here to serve you guys, truly. Learning that my dream birth was possible could have been a really negative situation, right? I could have held a lot of resentment for not knowing that beforehand and having three, in hindsight, very traumatic, very uninformed, very not ideal birth situations. And those could have been avoided had I known earlier, but I know that I went through what I went through so that I could be here today in this moment to be in your little ear holes and talking to you about this stuff and educating you and telling you, Hey, it doesn't have to be that way. You don't have to have that scary, painful, traumatic, awful, terrible birth experience. You don't have to have that. Your dream birth is yours for the taken. And I'm here to help. That's it for today. I really appreciate you guys hanging out with me. I love podcasts as a consumer. I listen to a lot of podcasts. So I definitely wanted to expand into this space because it works really well for moms. It's a very easy way to get quality information without a lot of effort, right? I don't have to sit down and read a book. I can just pop one on in the shower or in the car or whatever. And I can pause it and I can come back to it. It's very convenient. You can expect a new episode every Tuesday and Thursday, at least for the time being. I can't promise I will keep up with that forever, uh, but that is my current posting schedule, so you guys can hop on here every Tuesday and Thursday and get some new content. I have linked some free birth preparation resources in the show notes for you guys. You can check those out, grab anything that you want or need. I have also linked my social accounts, so you guys can go follow me over there if you would like more help on your birth preparation journey. And if you're interested in coaching, check the show notes to book a consult call. Thank you guys for hanging out with me over the next three episodes. I am going to do a little three part series, if you will, all about preparing your mind, your body and your team to best support you as you try to achieve those goals that you've set for your birth that day this is kind of what I walk my clients through. So it'll be like a DIY, very condensed cliff notes version. Um, but I'm going to try to get you guys this information in the next couple episodes so that you have a nice starting point as you prepare for your birth. I'll catch you guys in the next episode of the birth prep podcast. See you then.